0: welcome to being better podcast where we explore the things that make us happier wiser and more productive beings hi my name is julia and i am your host every week i take a concept a technique or a story to learn how it can make us better i hope that this show can help you become the person you've always wanted to be so here we go and welcome back to Being Better Podcast. I'm very happy you are here and I hope you are having a lovely day. I'm doing very well, thanks for asking. Uh, This week I decided to watch a TV series which I don't do often uh, because usually when I want to relax I just, I don't know, grab a book or watch something on YouTube and that it's simply because I don't want to get too involved in a series that has a lot of episodes and seasons which which require a lot of time commitment and that is something I prefer to dedicate to other activities. However, I am also an MCU fan. Um, when I'm saying MCU, I mean Marvel Cinematic Universe and I've always been a fan. Basically, since the first Iron Man came out, I've been. it's been kind of my guilty pleasure. And recently there was a new Marvel series that came out called WandaVision and I decided to check it out. It was short because it was like only I think eight episodes but it was still a pleasant way to spend some of my evenings these past two weeks. Um, So that's what's new with me but since we are on the topic of watching things let me move on to my recommendation of this week which will be a movie which I've also recently watched called Soul. It is a Disney Pixar animated film I think and I I just decided to watch it because of Tim Ferriss' recommendation, however it really surpassed all of my expectations. I mean, I don't think a lot of children would get the premise of this movie because it was pretty deep in comparison to other Pixar films. The movie is about a struggling music teacher who finally got his big break, but right before uh, his concert, he has an accident and almost dies. His soul is separated from his body and he tries, that that soul tries not to get into the great beyond because, you know, he finally got his opportunity to play jazz professionally and therefore he ends up in a place where souls who haven't been born yet get their personalities and he meets one numbered 22 who really doesn't want to be born because she thinks that it's extremely difficult sad and just disappointing to live on earth so you end up watching a story about a soul who doesn't want to die and one that doesn't want to live and I think that's very interesting and the plot is very engaging and touches on concepts like the meaning of life and striving for achievements and personalities and even the flow state which i was talking about in one of the previous episodes and i was really surprised that disney a disney animated movie could go that deep but it did and it was also just a beautiful watching experience the animation is just absolutely gorgeous with, you know, all the details. And the music is also great. I think it was by John Baptiste, And I think it even won a Golden Globe. Um, anyway, the movie touched me. And, I mean, I often cried during movies. But I absolutely wept at the end of this one. And not because it was sad or anything. But just because I found it... I found the ending very insightful. And I think I could relate to both of the main characters well. And I also think it was all the insights and the music with the visuals, all of it compounded into me being really touched by the end. So, you know, I can't promise you that you will experience the same feeling of being deeply moved uh, because, you know, I I think that it was that I personally could relate the whole story however i would still really recommend watching it simply because you know it's a gorgeous piece of animation um but okay i will shut up now about this movie this is my recommendation for this week and now let's get into this episode shall we this week i want to discuss the feeling of resistance and what it is and of course how can we fight it This concept of resistance is borrowed from Stephen Pressfield's book like The War of Art or Do the Work but this episode is not going to be a book discussion. It's just that I think he has an interesting take on this concept but I disagree with some of his statements so I will borrow some and fill them in with my own opinions. However if you are interested in this topic I would definitely recommend Pressfield's books because they're very insightful and he has a lot of experience with writing and creating. Okay, but what is resistance? You know the feeling of wanting to do something but at the same time dreading doing it. You even feel like there is some kind of a negative force pushing you away from the tool or the object of that task. Well, you know that negative force is what Pressfield calls resistance. We experience it as this kind of an energy field radiating from a work in potential. It's a repelling force. It's negative. Its aim is to shove us away, prevent us from doing our work. Now, it is very important not to mistake resistance with procrastination because procrastination is the effect of resistance and it's the most common form of resistance because it's the easiest to rationalize because we don't tell ourselves i'm never going to write my novel instead we just say i'm going to write my novel i'm just going to start tomorrow so that's procrastination it's a different thing Because resistance is uh, when you, for example, bought yourself a treadmill and you've been avoiding it for weeks and each time you walk past it, the unpleasant feeling is resistance. It's also that voice inside of you that tells you that maybe you're too stupid to do uh, this project or actually you're overqualified or you are too fat or you are too skinny or that there are thousands of people who already do it and do it better than you that inner voice makes very compelling arguments and it uses rationalizations to persuade us that we should not do the work that we want to because you know it might be true that your wife is pregnant and it's better to wait till the baby is born to start that new career path and that's true but what's also true is that Tolstoy had 13 kids and he he wrote The War and Peace and we are wrong if we think that we are the only ones struggling with resistance, because everyone on the planet experiences it in some shape or form. Throughout our lives, we all feel it, but with different intensity. And you know, the rule is that the more important a call or action is to our soul's evolution, the more resistance we feel toward pursuing it. So if you want something real bad, you will be dreading it real bad. But resistance has no strength on its own. Every bit of power it possesses comes from us. We feed it with our fears. So when you master that fear, you conquer resistance. But you might ask, you know, fear of what? What are we fearing? so much that we are willing to self-sabotage well the fear of consequences of following our heart fear of bankruptcy fear of poverty fear of groveling when we try to make it our own and of groveling when we give up and come crawling back to where we started fear of being selfish of being rotten wives or disloyal husbands, fear of failing to support our families, of sacrificing their dreams for ours, fear of betraying our race, our friends, our family, fear of failure, fear of being ridiculous, fear of throwing the education, the training and the preparation that those we love have sacrificed so much for. And that we ourselves have worked our bad so far. And probably most of all the fear of passing the point of no return. These fears are like chocolates to our resistance. It loves them and it thrives on them. And again without fighting these fears we cannot get past resistance. So now we know what resistance is. And by the way, that's the most important step in fighting it. We have to first acknowledge its existence and notice how it feels both physically and mentally, how it influences us. But after we've acknowledged what resistance is, it's important to talk about the steps we have to take to defeat this destructive force. Now, my advice for fighting resistance is a little bit different from Stephen Pressfield's. So I will first discuss his recommendations and then I will move on to my own experience. So according to Pressfield's books, The way to conquer resistance is to become a professional and he explains that to do that, to become a pro, there are a couple of qualities we have to learn. First, we need to let go of the expectations and learn to create even when it's garbage because we often don't create or work or exercise just because we fear we aren't going to be bad at it and it's easier for us not to do it than to do it badly and this is also the reason why some writers think they experience writer's block and let me say you know it's a hot take but writer's block doesn't exist you can you can write you can really write when you experience what they call writer's block you just cannot write something which you consider good writing So first you have to let go of these expectations of how the work should look, and just do it. Then uh, Pressfield says that we should not take failures and success personally. You have to accept that you're going to fail, it's inevitable, and at some point something will go wrong. So don't take it personally, because it's probably not even because of you. It might have just been an accident. And the same goes for success, by the way. It also might have just been an accident. So don't tie yourself worth with these happy or bad accidents, because it's just not worth it. And also, a professional stays in for the long game he or she takes small steps a professional shows up every day they think in long-term goals and they make these small steps and no matter how they feel and what's the weather like they just sit down and do as much work as they feel like they can do that day even if the work is bad it doesn't matter they just do it every day consistently You know, by the way, it doesn't mean that professionals don't rest. It just means that they do some work, some amount of work that they feel like they can do. They do it every day. They show up every day, no matter what. Even if it's for five minutes or ten or three hours. Doesn't matter what that day looks like. They do it consistently. Also, a professional keeps things in order and stays organized. And this is very important. A part of moving from being an amateur to being a professional is staying organized and building routines. Even if you are an athlete, having a calendar and planning out your trainings can be a game changer. When you stay organized, you can track your progress, you can see in which areas you're failing and succeeding in, and you can track basically everything so staying organized is a big thing when it comes to becoming a professional and fighting resistance and another quality of a professional is that they don't wait for inspiration but act in the anticipation of the operation of inspiration oh that sounded weird you know um i'm just going to read out a quote that sums this up nicely by Somerset Maugham I think that's the pronunciation. I'm sorry if I butchered that. And when he was asked if he wrote on a schedule or only when he was struck by inspiration, he answered, I write only when inspiration strikes, but fortunately it strikes every morning at nine o'clock sharp. Inspiration comes from doing the work and not the other way around. When we work our asses off, we can see our progress only then we get inspired and motivated to do more. We have to sit down each day and be consistent and then we can expect that the muse will come. Steven Pressfield also says that a professional recognizes his limitations and is able to ask for help and I think a good example of that is mkbhd i don't know if you know him he's this youtube tech reviewer and he has a huge following i think he has like 13 or 14 million subscribers on youtube right now and the reason why he's so great you know he's just an average person i mean no offense to him he's awesome i really look up to him but but he's like everyone else and the reason why he was able to blow up so much is because he grew his team. He has an editor, he has a studio, he has a social media manager. I think he has a big team of people who support him. He will, he would probably be able to do all of that, but not to that scale and not to this degree. But because he grew his team, because he asked for help, even though he pays for this help, but because he asked for help, he was able to focus on the things that really matter to him and explode and be professional. And I think acknowledging that we are not the strongest and the smartest people on the planet, and we can still be better if we have some help, can be a good sign of if we are professional or not. So these are the pieces of advice from Stephen Pressfield, and I completely agree with all of these, and I think they're crucial when it comes to becoming a professional at something. And remember, becoming a professional doesn't mean that you are paid for your work, because chances are that at the beginning you won't be paid for a long time. And even if you don't plan on making that activity or job or something with from which you can earn money, you can still be a professional at it. It doesn't have to be... you don't have to get paid. So, you know, like I said, I like Pressfield Steak, but now I will give you a little bit more tangible advice on what steps to actually take and what changes in your habits to make if you want to fight resistance. So the first change you can make in your routine is to start working at the end. So for example, if that work is writing, don't start your work with a blank page because it can be incredibly intimidating to have to birth an idea for what to do with that empty page and that's also because you know there are so many possibilities to execute that project and so many ways to do the work so instead starting with that blank page start your work session with finishing something you've been working on yesterday maybe answer some emails or do a bit of journaling basically Get in that flow state before you hit the terrifying blank page. And then what's been also incredibly helpful in fighting that resistance inside of me is to think in small steps and do one thing at a time. Because um, when I want to go on a run and it's 5am and I cannot get out of that warm bed I try to focus on doing things in small steps. So I think, I'm just going to sit up straight on the bed and do nothing else. And I do that. And then I think, okay, that wasn't so bad. I think maybe, you know, maybe I can stand up now and put my socks on. And then I feel like I do that and I feel great. And I think, oh my god, I'm so great at this. And now maybe I will get changed and I will just put on my t-shirt and maybe now I will put my hair up and so on. I think you get the gist. So I don't think about the big hard task that I have to perform and you know going on that big run. Instead I focus on doing one thing at a time slowly with small steps. First just you know getting dressed then getting downstairs and then going out and then starting to jog and you know, before I noticed it, I've already done a five mile run and it was just as easy as that because I didn't think about what's the task ahead. I just focused on taking a step after step after step after step after step and then, you know, turns out that I've been running for an hour. It's just like that. And also when it comes to fighting that inner resistance, staying organized is key, just as Steven Pressfield said, because our mind is great at coming up with ideas, but not so great at storing them. And that also applies to the tasks that we want to do. So it is essential to make to-do lists or have a planner or some other sort of organization system, regardless if it's physical or digital. When you write something down, it's officially a thing to do. So resistance often takes the form of forgetting about our appointments. I mean, we don't usually forget things that we are excited about, right? And so when we really dread doing something, our brains tend to forget about it because it's obviously causing us pain, so it's better not to think about it. But when you write things down and stay organized, there are no excuses. And there's also no way you will forget about that thing. And my last piece of advice is to avoid distractions. Because even if you get yourself to start and beat the urge to procrastinate, it can be very hard to maintain your focus. I mean there are so many distractions like wherever we go we are bombarded daily with thousands of stimuli and information. The ads are shouting about the new discount or the new five ways to lose weight or you know you are just happy that yes she finally liked your photo or he responded to that message. If you can get easily distracted just as I do, seek solitude, regardless if you are in your house or at work, put noise canceling headphones to cut out external noise, and work in silence or listen to music which helps you concentrate. And also put your phone in the other room and turn off the internet if your work doesn't require it. Obviously, if you're answering emails, you need internet, but most of the time when you're writing an essay or something, you don't need uh, the internet. So having these app blocker apps on your phone that uh, make your phone completely useless uh, at the time when you're working, they can also be helpful. Try something that works for you, and what works for you might not work for me, but basically... Ask yourself, what is something that is usually a distraction for you and how can you avoid it? So there was a lot of information shared in this episode, but I hope it wasn't too much. And I hope that you can make use of at least some of it. And again, if you like this episode, I recommend reading Stephen Pressfield's book. um, Because if you are interested in this topic, their books are full of insights and knowledge and experience revolving around resistance. Because, you know, Stephen Pressfield is an author of fiction books and novels and also non-fiction books. So he knows a lot about these things and also writer's book, if that's something that you think you are struggling with I think his books are a good answer to the question of of what you should do with writer's book and now before I go I also have a short insight of the week which um is asking myself a question if I were the last person on earth would I still do it I sometimes act just because of the anticipation of some sort of external validation. And I think we all do that to some degree. And I think asking yourself a question like this, um, when you think about uh, making your goals or just your desires, like wanting to buy something, for example, um, if you really want to buy a new car, Asking yourself, um, if I were the person, the last person on the earth, would I buy that car? I think it can be very helpful when it comes to deciding um, which brand to buy. And if you are buying the product or just the brand because you want some sort of um, external validation because you bought something or just external validation because you... Like get drunk or something or the way you dress or the way you if you go, you know, party. Um, I'm not saying these things are wrong, but very often if we do something just because we want other people to see us do these things, they can be hurting us in one way or another. I personally, as a young woman, had to ask myself this question about exercising because you know there are good things that can come from exercise when it comes to the society and the way others think about you and I will have to ask, my, ask myself a question am I really exercising for myself and I can know uh, for sure now that I am doing it for myself because I love it and if I don't do it and I don't go for a walk or for a run or you know just to, do yoga or stretches i feel very bad and if i was the last person on earth i know that i will certainly um also exercise but i was thinking maybe not to the same degree you know and this question can help you discover a lot about yourself and your habits and are they really your habits or the habits you develop just because you want to be the person uh, who does these things I will not answer this question for you. And uh, whatever you're struggling with, I think it can help a lot. So that is it for this insight. That is it for this episode. Again, I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope it was helpful. And I will speak to you in the next one. written, edited and produced by Julia Ashpour. If you want to learn more, visit the website attached in the show notes or visit our Instagram page, which you can also find in the show notes or you can search Just Being Better. If you want to support the show, there are a couple of ways with which you can do that. The first one is just to tell your friends and family about it and tell them that you like the podcast and maybe that they should listen to it as well. You can also share it on your social media platforms. Another way to support the show is to write a review and subscribe because that helps tremendously with how the podcast is ranked and also if new listeners can easily find it. Thank you so much for your support and for listening to this episode and I will speak to you very, very soon.